folks. Welcome to Casey Grace. My name is Scott. This is the first episode of this show. My goal with this podcast is to highlight inspirational stories of great people right here in Kansas City. Now, I'm going to focus specifically on normal Casey residents, uh, just like you and me, and maybe I'll occasionally be able to convince a local celebrity or someone to be on the show, but that's not my focus. I want to uncover stories of people that make our city great at what I'd call ground level, if you will. Why do this? Why choose this track or, or this focus and not something a little bit more broad? Like many of you, I absolutely love our city. Kansas City is a fantastic place to live, and I really believe we have a lot of great, inspirational stories that are just waiting to be told. So that's really the first part of why. And second, throughout my career, I've found that I really have a passion for enabling others' success and their enjoyment. So to do this, I want to bring you inspiration and entertainment by exploring the stories of people that make our city great. Hopefully you'll learn something about them and learn something about the town and you'll love it even more too. I know some of you might be wondering, you know, why is this guy qualified to, to bring this to me? In my opinion, and it's my show, so I get to occasionally spout an opinion, uh, there are really two reasons that, that I can do this for you. First, I've gained some fantastic connections through the work I've done here in KC, a, a real diverse range of personal interests and personal struggles and, and different jobs I've had. So my connections cover small business owners, uh, physicians, young tech entrepreneurs, local nonprofit CEOs, and, and a bunch of other great stories that you can enjoy and learn from. And I want to help them tell their stories to you. Second, throughout my life, I've been really blessed to be exposed to many different parts of our country, our world, and, and along that, many great cities. So I've had the chance to compare Kansas City to cities on four different continents. And I know for a fact, it's our people that really make it world-class. So, overall, what can you expect from this show? Well, obviously it's going to be an interview-based podcast. Typically, you'll get somebody new, and we'll figure out you know, what they love about this town and what you can learn from them about Kansas City and about their cause or about their business, things like that. After we wrap it up, every once in a while we might just have a random opinion about something, but... It's going to be pretty simple. So if you want to help, please send me an idea of somebody that you'd like to get the word out about. And maybe you can help a friend get their business or their charity or just their story out to residents like you and me. So I hope you have a good time. Let's dive into the first show. Scott, I'm here with Matthew Marcus today of the Kansas City Startup Foundation, and I just want to say, Matthew, thanks for joining us today. You get to be the inaugural guest here on KC Greats, so um, how are you doing today? And if you couldn't, if you don't mind, give us a little uh, a little rundown of kind of your history with Kansas City, not just a who you are, but, you know, why here? Why did you stay here? Things like that. Sure, sure. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I appreciate you doing this for Kansas City. Um, yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm a Kansas City native. I was actually born uh, in the Southwest in New Mexico, but uh, at an early age, my parents brought me to Kansas City, and this has kind of been home ever since. Um, I have done a little bit of traveling and lived abroad in a few different places, but, 
you know, Kansas City always seems to bring me back home, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, it just kind of grew up here and, um, you know, schooling was here and it's just Kansas City is a great place. Outstanding. Now, do I remember right? You're a Jayhawk. Is that right? I am indeed. Outstanding. Well, that's cool. Um, I first met you, Matthew, at an event down at the brewery, I think. Um, I can't remember which tech event it was, but at the time, I think you were with uh, one of your startups, and you had just really started up the Kansas City Startup Village. Is that right? Yeah, probably so. Um, I think, yeah, back in 2012, maybe early 2013 it might have been. Yeah, that sounds right. And Folks that are listening, the Startup Village was, is really something that I think has been just an amazing initiative where you know Matthew and other founders basically have built a whole community to foster startups right down here in, in the heart of Kansas City. Uh, could you expand on that a little bit more, give folks a little picture of kind of where that came from and, and what it's morphed into now? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, so... You know, as you alluded to, I, I'm an entrepreneur myself. Um, I've been building companies for kind of as long as I can remember. A lot of sole proprietorships, but eventually made my way to startup land uh, and started my first startup back in 2010. Um, based that one out in Boulder, Colorado, but eventually made my, my, made my way back to Kansas City and um, was kind of looking for my next opportunity. And that's when a lot of the story kind of unfolds, at least for me and in a way for the Kansas City Startup Village. Um, you know, as the story goes, um, I, uh, I was kind of looking for my next opportunity and I had a, um, a place over near 45th and State Line, which is kind of the center point for what is now the village. Um, and it's kind of a historic antiques and arts district, a lot of boutique type shops. Um, yeah, just, just kind of south of, um, of KU Med Center area. That's that, right. That yeah. Area. Kind of Excellent. positioned nicely between the plaza and Westport and, and, um, you know, nicely in Midtown. And, um, so I inherited the building in 2010, uh, but, you know, in my busy startup life, I really had zero time to try to um, put it to use for the community um, and rent it out. So it sat vacant for quite a while. Well, when I returned to Kansas City, one of my first uh, courses of action was to try to, you know, put this building to use for the community. Um, and so I kind of talked with a lot of different people who were thinking about renting it as an antique store or a, um, I think a pottery shop was one of them, a variety of different types of businesses. And, um, you know, serendipity kind of struck struck its way as it does. Um, uh, Mike Farmer, who's um, an entrepreneur as well, tech entrepreneur, was operating in a, a small little office space across the street from my building and he had closed some funding and wanted to uh, bring his regional-based regional uh, development team under one roof. And uh, the space that he was in just wasn't going to be able to handle that many people. So he um, he reached out to me, saw my friend sign, reached out to me, and asked if uh, I would be willing to rent my antique house to a, um, <laughs> to a tech startup. And, uh, of course, I chuckled just as we did now because, uh, you know, little did he know uh, that I was a tech startup guy myself. So I think we both got real excited, and um, and for me, I kind of at that point said, "Oh, that's what I'll do with this house. I'll make it some sort of startup house." Um, Interesting. Yeah, and so now, yeah, that's not been the only one in the area, right? Isn't uh, isn't there a, uh, a homes for hackers? Isn't that near the village as well, or part of it now? Yeah, it is. Um, so that plays into the story as well. Um, after Mike and his team moved into the startup house. Uh, myself and a couple others uh, had a startup and we needed space. So we took 
the basement and we brought another startup with us. So all of a sudden we had one startup house up and running and then serendipity struck again. Uh, we met Ben Barrett, uh, who is a local web developer um, at a weekly event held at the Kauffman Foundation called One Million Cups. And yeah. uh, this was very early on in, in the history of One Million Cups. And, you know, Ben and myself and a few others got to chatting and he tells us he just bought a home uh, over on State Line Road to be this homes for hackers house uh, where entrepreneurs could kind of live there rent free for a short amount of time and plug into Google Fiber and just kind of create awesome stuff. Uh, and we quickly realized that his house was very close to the one that I owned. Um, so that along with the office space in which Mike Farmer moved out, a few other startups moved into it shortly thereafter. And so all of a sudden we had three properties kind of pumping along with startup activity uh, in what became the first neighborhood in the world to get Google Fiber. And, you know, it was, uh, I guess, to continue the story, it was on September 30th, 2012, that Ben Barrett sent this um, now historic email to a handful of us that said, hey, man, something really cool is happening here. Uh, you know, this could become a national uh, hotspot for startup activity in America. We got Google Fiber, and it's just, it's really neat. We should probably do something about it. And so... Uh, you know, we came together and came up with the name Kansas City Startup Village, and that the rest is history, really. That's interesting. It seems like it's become something that was um, almost an organic incubator versus a VC-funded uh, project to make money. It's something that you guys have put together to help each other out and, and share skills and, and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you you, you said it uh, perfectly, really. I mean, we, we kind of considered the, the Kansas City Startup Village like a living incubator where – Entrepreneurs can work or work and live. I mean, people are, there's entrepreneurs in houses and, and some that are in commercial spaces. And, you know, essentially rather than relying on a, uh, an official network of mentors or, you know, an official pool of money where equity is exchanged for support and services, instead we just naturally and organically support one another, uh, through this startup journey and, in, in hopes that we can all find success. And, and in a way, you know, we've built this, this, community with a family feel where, where we know more about each other than just what business we're working on. We know that, oh, hey, so-and-so just had a baby. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, if you want to go back to the, the principle of, you know, the five people you spend uh, your time with is or who you become, then obviously if you guys are spending time with, you know, five other companies, it's probably going to help out. You know, you're going to keep the fire. You're going to keep the ambition going within the community and, there's all kinds of resources, I'm sure, just based on the different strengths you've got in the different companies and the different different individuals. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you know, what what I don't know, the entrepreneur next to me or across the street might know, and vice versa. So you really do end up with this kind of knowledge share, co learning environment um, where everyone really is supporting one another. And also, I mean, the village really espouses um, you know community entrepreneurship versus loan entrepreneurship. We've all heard the the famous stories of you know people building uh, startup companies in their garages and in their basements and stuff and there's there's a sense of glory to that but uh, truth be told like community entrepreneurship has a better success rate than loan entrepreneurship so we really do sure. we really do encourage entrepreneurs who are building you know their businesses to get out into the community make sure that they they're networking and they have those touch points so that they can you know increase the chances of success. Okay. And and since everything has started up, you know, really more than just entrepreneurs have taken notice now, haven't they? I mean, local local companies hasn't uh hasn't Google 
kind of put you guys, help put you guys on the map a little bit since you're so close to their initiatives, things like that? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the, the village certainly would not have the, um, the, the uh, I guess, the, the vision or the, the, the notability uh, as it has today without Google Fiber playing a, a part of it. I mean, early on when the media caught wind that this group of entrepreneurs kind of gathered around, you know, the first uh, installation of Google Fiber and had started to build businesses using this service, you know, that just became a, a whirlwind for the media and um, it really propelled not only uh, the Kansas City Startup Village into the limelight, but really Kansas City um, overall. Yeah. So it's it, and, and of course it's you know it's fantastic having a one gigabit per second uh, speeds. <laughs> you know who's going to complain about that? Certainly. Well, and you guys have because of some of that publicity, you've pulled in um, folks from other other areas of the country to come and, and focus on their entrepreneurship here in the village, haven't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we've we've hosted visitors and we've hosted entrepreneurs who've relocated to the village from all around America. Uh, we've had probably 85 countries represented in the village through uh, foreign delegation visits. We've had wow. politicians from uh, senators and and congressmen to mayors and and all sorts visit sea uh, level execs. We've had a, a number of students um, from around the. You know the, the 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 city and even really country visit us to talk about entrepreneurship, um, and then we've even had some VIPs like Steve Case has come through and Alexis Hanyan has come through from Reddit and, and the variety and just to kind of check out this little organic village. That's pretty cool, and I assume it's something that they've uh, you know different dignitaries or different visitors have taken back to their areas to try to at least take lessons learned, if not create something similar. It, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, the question often asked is, how can we create a village in our city? And so <laughs> there's something to be said about um, this kind of community feel uh, that, that embraces entrepreneurship. I think someday we'll, we'll write a book about it and maybe even like a handbook, a manual of how to, to start a uh-huh. village in your city. But there really are so many dynamics at play that um, it, it's, a, it's a process always, I think. Well, I guess some, you know, some folks call it luck or serendipity like you did. uh, But, you know, surely do you see in the process of the village starting up and now you've it's kind of progressed into the the startup foundation, you know, Kansas City in of itself. How do you see that the city was the important place for this to happen? You know, what resources or uniqueness of KC made this happen? Well, I mean, I, you know, sometimes I, uh, I stutter to say um, serendipity or, or, or random occurrences or anything like that, but I really do believe that there's a, a higher energy at play here. Sometimes people look at me funny, but, you know, <laughs> y- you look at Kansas City 10 years ago, I mean, even five years ago, really, and it, it is such a different city today as it was then. Um, and sometimes even in conversations, we like to talk about, uh, BGF and AGF, which stands for before Google Fiber and after Google Fiber. <laughs> and um, it's, it's just so interesting how this city rallied around, um, you know, being chosen among 1600, 1,600 other applicants to get this service and how much more Google has done for our city beyond just providing us with high-speed bandwidth. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it really was almost like a rallying uh, piece that said, hey, Kansas City is special. We've known it for a long time, but here's a, a, a one of the biggest, most prolific companies in mankind has ever known that just said, you're right, Kansas City, you are something special and we're coming your way. And I think we really took it to heart and uh, we rallied together 
and and the city. I mean, look, take it take it to the World Series, right? I mean, last yeah. year the city wins the World Series, and some people think, okay, that's that that's cool and all, but the way I look at it is, it's almost like it's a, it's a prime example of just how on fire and, and how on point this city really is. Well, and I think it, for me, that's exactly why I wanted to tell a story like this is because we've seen this resurgence of, if you want to call it civic pride, I think it's deeper than that, though. Just community is the best word, but it almost doesn't encompass everything that people are willing to do to help the city grow right now. I mean, with the, you know, take the 800,000 people coming out for a, a victory parade. Everybody wants to be involved. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't think we see that in other areas of the country right now. I could be wrong. No, I think you're right. Um, you know, I think it is a very special time for Kansas City. And, you know, mentioning, you know, you mentioning the topic of civic pride. Um, five years ago, I don't think anyone was walking around with a KCMO shirt. You know? <laughs> True. Uh, I mean, we've always worn the Royals hats and the Chiefs hats and stuff. But to really wear your city proudly on your sleeve or your chest, is something really unique, and I don't think a lot of cities do that, or citizens of cities, and we and Kansas Cityans are doing it proudly. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking about that a couple weeks ago when um, Big Slick was in town, their charity weekend, and how all these individuals that you know, basically, we've seen gone off to Hollywood and, and become big stars. I don't know that I've seen anywhere else and, you know, living in different cities around America, you know, Oklahoma City, Austin, for example, that's a pretty cool city. Even there, you know, it wasn't the same feeling of celebrities really owning their hometown and coming back to help it in this way. And it's that's trickled down. No, you're right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, Kansas City, it's uh, it's 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 in the hearts of many. Mm hmm. Well, Along enough enough love fest, but uh, you know, with the village now, obviously, you know, you've become uh, an integral part of the startup community, not just around the village, but around the, the town. And now, the initiative of the startup foundation seems to be in the same vein. But is that kind of an evolution of the village, taking it bigger, or what? Yeah. So um, basically, what happened was, you know. As a group of co-leaders uh, who started and built the village, you know, many of us realized that um, it was really neat uh, and it was a great part of the story that you know, it was all entrepreneur-led and it was all volunteers and there was really little to no funding involved. Um, and it's a really magical piece to the story, but we realized that you know, for, for the village to have the impact that it really can for Kansas City – um, it's it, it it's not going to be it needs to have support and resources you know sure. volunteerism just doesn't take it the distance and so we uh, you know and we and we even had organizations individuals who said love to support what you're doing but honestly like you're not a business entity you're you're just this this movement this community and it's tough to find a way to officially support such a thing so we um, we contemplated kind of converting the village to a nonprofit um, but we realized doing so could jeopardize the the uh, organic feel and the grassroots feel um, of the of the community by introducing red tape and hierarchy and things that just really don't belong in a startup community or an entrepreneur-led startup community. So uh, the next best choice for us was just to start a new uh, organization on the side. So we created the Kansas City Startup Foundation, 
with the original intent uh, uh, as a kind of a pastor or a gateway, if you want to support the village, you can do so through the Kansas City Startup Foundation. But then we realized that the foundation can do so much more for Kansas City's startup and entrepreneur ecosystem than just support the village. Um, so we broadened our vision, broadened our mission, um, and now we're working to really unify and champion uh, Kansas City startup community overall and make sure that it can thrive uh, and as much as possible. So that's something that can really garner the support of the larger organizations that have, you know, uh, I guess, expressed interest in being a part of it without uh, without losing what's special about the village, it sounds like. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Um, and I think, you know, organizations, individuals are, are realizing that it's an important mission and they're starting to kind of say, hey, you know, this this is something that deserves support. So it's it's exciting. That's I love that. I love that for our town because that's it starts grassroots and now it's become something real and something civic and something that a lot of latched onto and that's what makes it sustainable in my mind. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's uh that's what we that's what we aim to do, you know. It's a good feel. Excellent. What uh I'm just curious in in your opinion, Matthew, and you're really plugged into this side of things as far as the startup, the entrepreneurship, and and somewhat the traditional businesses in Kansas City, what are we um, what are we missing here? Now we can't have everything. What what does Kansas City need to find still to to keep these kinds of things successful and to keep our our great civic pride growing? Yeah, you know, I think you asked this question at a very poignant time because over the last probably week and a half, a specific part. Uh, and topic of our community has arisen over and over again. Um, and it's a very important one. And it's basically inclusive entrepreneurship. So this is a conversation that's happening not just in Kansas City, but really across the nation and probably across the world, quite honestly, which is to say that you visit a startup community. It can be Silicon Valley. It can be Kansas City. It can be Austin. And more, more often than not, the people who are part of that community are middle class white mm-hmm. males. Right. You're not things aren't looking very diverse, are they? It's not looking very diverse and a lot of people are talking about it. And when I say a lot of people, even President Obama spoke about it last week at the Global Entrepreneurship Summit, uh, which was out in Silicon Valley. So it's a it is a hot topic and rightfully so. Um, you know, there's been uh, research done that shows that a diverse community and specifically a diverse company tends to have more success uh, across the board than one that is not. And, um, you know, for any community to really be considered a um, a vibrant community, I think inclusiveness across the board, whether it's race, whether it's gender, sexuality, whatever it might be, is important because um, it really brings a community together. So, you know, I think Kansas City, like many other communities, is lacking in that uh, diverseness. But, at least the conversation's happening. And the, and the thing that really gets me excited is that it's happening beyond entrepreneurship. Um, I've actually been a part of a, kind of a grass, another grassroots movement, um, which is based around the idea of this kind of our divided city. So Kansas City Public Television mm-hmm. uh, did a documentary about kind of the east and west sides of Kansas <laughs> City with truce um, being, being, being the dividing line and, and really the the stark differences between those two sides of the city. And, you know, a lot of us who have recently um, become connected uh, on both sides of that dividing line um, are having community moments, right? Community meetups 
where we where we talk about it and we say, you know what, um, how do we fix this thing, right? Beyond just how do we get uh, people involved in entrepreneurship, which is something that we want, but how do we really be, find a seamless Kansas City? And so, you know, I'm really excited about that because I honestly, I when Kansas City Startup Village was coming around, th- those early involved felt that there was something powerful happening and you could really feel this kind of movement. Well, I'm feeling it again when we talk about um, our united city instead of our divided city. That's that's really interesting to hear. I, and it's not not something outside of, you know, deep down in the entrepreneur, entrepreneurship community. I don't think... I don't think I would have heard that out on the street yet is inclusive entrepreneurship, but it seems like right now it's in the stages of we've got to get people aware of this first before we can even, you know, really solve it. Cause if we don't know about it, we can't, we can help with it. So what can, what can the everyday Kansas city do to help those initiatives and, and to foster that better community there? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you nailed it, which is get involved. Um, you know, one of the things that we realized when, as we put on startup community events and, uh, you know, of all different types is, you know, sometimes people say, well, it's not diverse. And our answer would be, well, it's open to anybody. You know, we're not purposely making it non-diverse. It's open to anybody. Anybody can join. But what- True. But are we, are we, on the other hand, are we purposely making, making an effort to make it diverse? That's not- exactly it. And so we realize yeah. now we have to be intentional. You can't just say, if you open it, they will come. You've got to go out and make sure they know about it and really invite them and, and kind of encourage them to join. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're doing that. And it goes both ways because what's interesting, what we've found is there is a world of innovation, amazing projects and programs happening on the east side of Kansas City that a lot of us here on the west side didn't know about. Some really amazing things. And so we're telling them, hey, please invite us to what you got going on. And I think that's going to start to happen more and more. And we're going to we're going to unite the city. Wow. That's uh, I'm so glad you shared about that. I would have I would have never heard that from a different perspective. And I, and I really I really enjoy hearing it because that sounds like it's you know, I don't want to call it a barrier, but hey, it's it's another hurdle that we can help get the city over. Agreed, totally agreed. And just keep making it better. Well, that's excellent. Well, just out of a, a little bit different flavor, what would you say, being uh, on and off lifelong Kansas Cityan, what are some of your hidden gems here? Be it a restaurant, a, a dive bar, a park. What are some things that you think people should know more about and? and patronize here in town oh goodness uh, <laughs> that is a, that's a great question and probably I'm not one to answer it perfectly because I usually reach out to my friends and say hey where are the hidden gems <laughs> <laughs> where do you guys go um, you know but I, I have found that um, it seems as though every time I'm talking to someone about you know, the crossroads uh, and what's uh-huh. happening down just really in the greater downtown um, KCMO area, something new and fun is popping up all the time. I mean, I, w- I guess I could say thou mayest, you know, some people might not know. I feel like everybody knows about it now. But um, for those that don't, it's, it's really one of my favorite um, kind of coffee houses and also um, meeting meeting places. Uh, it's got a great culture, great vibe. Uh, great coffee, and they even kind of slowly transformed from a coffee house to kind of a nightlife house uh, with 
with music and drinks and stuff as the evening approaches. So it's just a great spot. Uh, and I just love the East Crossroads. I just, I can envision that in, you know, it's already neat now. In five years, it's going to be amazing. Um, and I, can, I think the same could be said about the West Bottoms. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot coming up there. I mean, when you see it just in the last couple of weeks, um, you know, Boulevardia being down in the West Bottoms annually. And, you know, I know there's a lot of niches right now for, um, you know, the Royals base down there. And they're they're really updating. Things are things are changing down there. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, you know, with the uh, yeah, with the um, the arena purchase, um God, the name escapes me. What's the <laughs> the Kemper? The, yeah, Kemper. Yeah, uh, Kemper, Kemper Arena. Um, that's going to be amazing because they're going to really re- re- redevelop that, and I think it's going to be the catalyst for what uh, the move, the changes that are already happening. It's just going to really increase them tenfold. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Hey, just so just curious personally, you know, me, I think I owe a lot to this town for making me who I am. How do you? How would you characterize yourself as as different or better? because of Kansas city as a part of you. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, it's, it's one of the reasons that I'm so inspired, um, to do what I do every day. So Kansas city, I mean, you know, I, I was raised here. Uh, I got my education here. All my friends, you know, growing up were from here and I, mean, I can't think of a better environment, um, really in city in which to, to grow up as a, as a youth. And, um, you know, as I got older and then I, I really took time out, I had to kind of prove to myself that Kansas City was something special. And I, you know, I lived, I traveled around the world a few times and I lived abroad in a variety of countries. And, you know, every time I would go, of course, I was always thinking about Kansas City and I was just reminded about how special of a place this really is. And so, um, you know, to, to be back here, to have the opportunity to kind of give back to a city that's given me so much over the years. I think feels really special and um, you know, it's kind of sometimes, and it's, you know, what's great about Kansas city is it's, it's a big town, but it's got a small town feel sometimes. Absolutely. I I think that characterizes a lot of the good here. Yeah. And so, you know, if you want to make an impact, you want to make a difference in Kansas city, you can make that happen. You can go to a bigger city, let's say, you know, out West LA or even New York and sure you can, you know, you can make differences there as well, but, on a, on a city level, like to really get noticed and, and people are accessible here and they're willing to talk to you. Um, I think that's special and you can, you know, all it takes is really a bit of hustle and effort and you can make a difference. Cool. I, I would tend to agree. Even if you compare similar sized, uh, metro areas, you know, take a Denver, or Cincinnati, whatever, um, just traveling through, it feels more city, you know, and I, I, hang my hat on the fact that I think it's one of the friendliest cities, you know, like you said, people are accessible and willing. And I don't think that's changing anytime soon. I agree. I, I got a good story about that actually. So, um, the, the economists, uh, sent through a film crew. They, uh, they decided to do a, uh, a, uh, documentary, I guess on the, the mobile app, um, revolution or, or, uh, generation, if you will. And they decided to, to highlight and chronicle three different areas uh, one was uh, Shanghai, China. The other one was okay. the Scandinavian region, so Finland and, and Sweden and such. Uh, and then they decided on Kansas City. So three places. Wow. Uh, and, you know, I, I helped along with several others to kind of greet the film crew and the, 
and to talk to them and just tell them more about Kansas City. And, you know, when they were packing up their gear, I think they were here for two or three days and they were packing up their gear to head to the airport. Now, this is a film crew that's based in London, based in England, I think London. Um, and they had, tra- I mean, they've literally traveled all over the world filming different documentaries. And one of the guys, as he's loading up the car, getting ready to leave, he says, I got to tell you something. You know, I've been to a lot of places and I think Kansas City is probably my favorite. And he just, That's he, cool. it was kind of off the cuff, you know, he just said it and then he just was like moving on. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Like, you it wasn't, wasn't a stroke. Yeah. You can't just say that and then not tell me why. I mean, what, that's a whole <laughs> statement. What makes you say that? He says, you know, I got to tell you, you can, you, you know, there's a lot of great places. There's uh, amazing people here who are super friendly, but you, you can really feel, I mean, you can tangibly feel that something magical and special is happening here. And he says, I, I've not really felt the same thing as I've traveled around the world. And I thought that was a pretty special statement. That is, that is a really cool story, man. I'm glad you shared that with us for sure. Well, Matthew, I don't want to take too much of your time. I really appreciate you coming on today and telling folks a little bit about, uh, you know, how you've been involved in our city and what you love about it. Um, where can folks find uh, more out, uh, more about um, the village, the foundation, things that you're involved in, if they want to look them up. Yeah, so um, you can check out more about the uh, the village if you go to kcsv.org. Um, that's the website for the village. If you go to kcstartupfoundation.org, that's the website for the um, Kansas City Startup Foundation. And then last but not least, you know, I spoke a little bit about our, uh, our divided city becoming our united city. We actually just uh-huh. launched a public Facebook group uh, for anyone in Kansas City that really wants to be a part of this movement, if you just go to Facebook and uh, search for Our United City, you'll likely find the uh, the public group. Join up, uh, take part in the conversation, and start coming to some of the events because we're. I'm telling you something like this is this is going to be something, and and our city's going to see changes because of this. That's fantastic, and that that, that was going to be my next question: is how can people get involved? And that's a perfect uh, way to do it. I'll make sure that we uh, link to all those in the show notes so it's easy for folks to find. But thanks a lot, man. This has been uh, even more educational, stuff that I didn't know about what you're doing down there. And I just enjoy loving on Kansas City with you for a while, man. For sure. And I guess just since I got you, I want to I name a, I want to give props uh, and plugs to a couple other resources just since I Please do. Uh, and this is something I tell all the people who say, how can I get connected to this this community? Um, definitely uh, go to One Million Cups. That's a weekly event put on by the Coffin Foundations from 9 to 10 a.m. every Wednesday. And that's something they've taken national too, right? Yeah, they have. I think uh, they're in 85-plus cities now. Uh, it started here. And it started right here. So it's a, it's a pretty special event. Um, nice. Great place to network and just kind of hear about a, a couple startups and what they're up to every week. It's pretty fun. Um, another thing to check out is startlandnews.com. Um, that is Kansas City's local uh, digital publication covering all the innovation news and all the things that we spoke about here in Kansas City. It's a really fantastic resource. Um, and another thing to check out is Forward KC, and the, the initials are fwdkc.co. That's the website. And that's just a, a kind of a grassroots initiative as well. Uh, Bob Specht has started that, and it's really become the go-to calendar for all of the neat events that are happening within the startup community in Kansas City. So if you're looking for other ways to like just get involved or see what's happening, that's the place to go to find out. Fantastic. That is great, great stuff to hear because honestly, guys, I I hope it sounds like I know a touch about what's going on, but I didn't know anything like three years ago. I saw a random Facebook ad for an event and I thought it would just be fun to go to. 
And since then, I found myself just diving a little deeper every every year into understanding what's going on here in in Kansas City with startups and meeting great people like Matthew and some other founders. And it's it's a community that is very welcoming. Like you'd said earlier, you know, it's not like you're keeping anybody out. All it takes is somebody to step up and just ask, what are you doing here? Yeah, that's right. It's all inclusive. And, uh, you know, I want to give props to you, too, again, for uh, for doing this podcast because you're really helping to expose all the, the good things about Kansas City and, and the way that we love most, which is, you know, the give first, get later mentality. You're just helping helping out. Well, we're going to we're going to try, man. So, hey, thanks again for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, keep working hard at the foundation, the village, and I'm sure we'll catch up with you again on a later date. Sounds good, Scott. Thanks for having me. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening to our first episode of KC Greats. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed making it. Go ahead and check out some of the resources that Matthew mentioned at the end of our session. And check us out on kcgreats.com for the next episodes. Also, start looking for us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave us a review. Positive reviews are going to help more people find it. So, until next time, I'm Scott. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you later.